Hi, I'm Mike Morris. Welcome to another episode of Open Mic. Today, we're talking bail and how bad it is. We're talking to two young ladies, Megan Diebel and Asia Johnson, who are working as bail disruptors right here in Detroit. And if you have a loved one sitting in jail waiting trial and the bail is under $5,000, these ladies will get out that person today or tomorrow at no charge to you. Stay tuned to learn more about this interesting and fascinating organization. Hi, I'm Mike Morse. Welcome to another episode of Open Mic. Today, we are talking to Megan Diebel and Asia Johnson from the Bell Project. Did I pronounce that okay? You did. I'm All really right. impressed. <laughs> so, welcome, ladies. Thank you for having us. So, let me tell you what I know about bail. Um, my listeners, my watchers know that we're diving into the criminal justice system. We're ripping it apart. We're talking to lots of people. We're spent, we've spent a lot of time on innocent projects and wrongful convictions and exonerations, and that has led me to you guys. Um, I came across a bail project a month or so ago. I called you. I've been watching um, the videos that are on your main website. Um, we've met and talked, and bail in America is really messed up. And I don't do a lot of criminal defense work, so I'm not in that arena, but it is horrifying, the numbers. You know, one of the numbers that really impressed me are that any given night in America, there's 450 to 500,000 people sitting in jail, presumed innocent, waiting for the next step in the process. And bail is being used wrongly. I talked to a very high-level criminal defense attorney in Washington County yesterday, John Shea, who was you know, going on and on about that bail seems to be something that, that judges just have been doing for so long. It's just a, a pro forma thing. Of course there's going to be bail, even if the person isn't a flight risk. And you guys have proven, because of your model, that it's not the money that brings him back to court. And we're going to get into that. Um, and we're going to get into all the good work that you're doing. But another interesting thing that grabbed my attention was that based upon all of the thousands of cases, you guys have helped over 11,000 people get out, but there's hundreds of thousands of more going through the system every day. And that if somebody's denied bail or can't afford bail, they're 92% going to take a plea, correct? Correct. You're allowed correct. to talk. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you, I'm not, uh, and if they get out on bail, if you guys help them get out or they have enough money to get out or the judge lets them out on their own recognizance, then they only plead guilty 50% of the time. Right. Yeah, when you break it down with the numbers, it really hits home for a lot of people and shows just how big this issue is. So there's a lot of movement, especially since the George Floyd killing uh, with a focus on bail. The Bail Project is now in how many cities? Uh, 22. Okay, including Detroit. And it's a new organization, about two years old. Yes. And, I mean, I could go on and on, but... But first, tell me what the Bail Project is and 
Let's start there. So the Bell Project is a national nonprofit that aims to end mass incarceration on the front end by paying bail for those who can't afford to pay it for themselves or their friends or family or loved ones don't have the resources to pay their bail. And the numbers that you just read off, people are losing their livelihoods after spending just one night, two nights in jail. You may lose your job, which means you can't pay your rent or your mortgage, which means now you're in danger of losing your family, your children. And why is this happening? It's not fair. It's not fair that somebody who has the money can pay their bill and walk free and fight their case from home while somebody who's poor has to sit in jail until they have their day in court. And it's, it's the criminalization of poverty. It definitely uh, puts a big light on the unfairness of the criminal justice system if you have money or don't have money. I mean, this really brings it home because you ladies told me over our first meeting that you've had to bail out people and the bail was set at $1. Yep. During COVID, we saw a lot of bonds being placed down to $1, but a lot of our clients can't even afford that. Like it just shows too that, you know, mass incarceration really affects like poverty, um, just. Do the judges realize, I wonder if the judges realize they might be saying, Okay, it's not even a bond, it's a dollar. The fact that you've had to do, was it only one or more than one? Is it more than one? It was more than one. We yeah. even had some, um, I saw a lot of $10 bonds too. What is a judge thinking when they, they put a $1 or $10 bond? It, 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 you know, if somebody's homeless or somebody's really, really poor, and they don't have a dollar or $10, they're going to sit in prison, or I'm sorry, they're going to sit in jail. Jail is everything under a year. Prison's everything over a year, just teaching our listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, and how much do we spend a day or a night on a jail on a jail cell for a person? Do you guys know that number? No, I've, I've read it. It's even if it's twenty, thirty, forty dollars a day. It's something like that, right? It adds up. And, oh, it adds up. It's it's a billion dollar problem, but you're, they're spending more on housing this person and feeding this person than just letting them go home. Yeah. And then something else I want to bring up too is even if they have a one dollar bond, many of our clients also have tether or a GPS monitoring, which costs them every month. Um, so, you know, if some people can even pay that $1 bond, then they're even having to pay their GPS tethering every month. And it starts to add up, like you're saying, all these costs, it's, it really impacts a lot of people's lives. And if you're homeless and you require GPS tethering, you're going to sit in jail because you don't have anywhere for them to monitor where you're located, that you don't have a home to tether to. So you're sitting in jail simply because of poverty, which is, a, which is a massive problem, and, and we need to get to the bottom of it. Um, other statistics, you know, people held in jail before trial, they're not home with their family for support, they're not meeting with their lawyer on a regular basis, are 30% more likely to plead guilty than those detained. And, I'm sorry, and those detained for the entire period are four times more likely to receive a jail sentence. So all the statistics show that these people need to be home with the support and love of their family. They need to be home to meet with their lawyers on a regular basis, Absolutely. not sitting in jail. Right. And, and, and bail is being used wrong because these people aren't jail risk. So let's talk about this. Over 90% of the people that you guys help come back to court yes. and you get the bail back again. So I guess I'm, I'm jumping the shark here because I know what you guys do. So tell me what the bail project does here in Detroit. Yeah, so what we do is we go in. Get you a little closer. 
We go into local jails. Um, we may, we operate out of Wayne County and Washtenaw County, and we do an intake form with our clients to see what their needs are. Um, and so that way we can really work on the community release model. So it doesn't just you know stop when we pay their bail. Um, so we go through the intake form with them, pay the bail. Um, that can take... It's a process. We have it can take up to one or two days to do but, that. But when you say pay the bail, what do they have to give you for you to pay their bail? Nothing. They give us nothing as far as um, financially. But when we do the interview with them, we are taking an assessment of what their needs are. And so, for example, Joe has substance abuse issues, and maybe that led to his arrest. We are going to make sure that he has the resources that he needs in place to address the that issue um say samantha doesn't have transportation to and from court we're going to make sure she has a lift ride to and from court but not only court she may have a job interview she may have a job she may have to get her child to child care we're going to make sure that she has the transportation to get where she needs to go wow so it's a whole holistic approach you're not just getting them out of jail and walking away you're staying connected with these people to make sure their lives are going okay make sure they have a good lawyer and make sure they show back up in court. Yes. So the model of the bail project is that you, you've gotten lots of donations over the over the years. The, the, the Mothership Bail Project in New York um, has set up 22 other offices. Your office has enough money right now to bail out people. And, and you've told me you've also done Oakland County and, and other counties. So if mm -hmm. anybody's listening to this and you have a loved one in, in jail who and you can't afford the bail, you call the Bail Project in Detroit. Yes. Um, we'll put their information on the on the show notes. And they will pay bail up to $5,000. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. That's a lot of money. Yes. So these are these are these these could be for almost any crime. And the only stipulation is what? It, what won't you give bail for? It, we take everything on an individual case-by-case -case basis because we realize that these are unique individuals with you know, unique circumstances. Um, we think that if the judge has set the bail, they believe that this person, if they have the money, should be released. And so we, we're essentially going by what the judge has ordered. We don't, we are charge agnostic. So we're not making decisions solely based on what they're charged with. Interesting. But you did tell me um, at our first meeting that if the person is charged, if, this, if they've been charged with this thing, three times, or this is their third or fourth charge, you're not bailing out that person. Yes. That's a and, hard and fast rule. And and that is mostly because of resources or a lack of resources in the community. Say someone has a third domestic violence charge. If we can't get that person in anger management, if we can't know for sure that this person is not gonna return to the home that he shares with the alleged victim, um, we're trying to keep everyone safe. And to keep everyone safe, sometimes we do have to say, no, we can't post bail for you. Okay, but for the most part, you're helping 98% of the people who call with a 5,000 or less bail. Yes. At no cost to them or their family. Right. And over 90% of the people come back to court, even though it wasn't their money, they come back to court and go through the process. Yes, and a lot of times people miss court for reasons that are beyond, you know, what they can control. Like Maybe they've moved. 
Maybe they've moved and the court notice goes to the wrong address. They don't have anybody to call them and remind them like, hey, you know, you have court on Friday. So we give out those court reminders as well. And we stay connected with their public defender. Um, And all of our clients do have public defenders. And sometimes the public defender is hard. They have a a large caseload. But if they see an email from one of us, they will respond and let us know when this person's next court date is. And then we can contact the client and let them know. So from my research, it's it's just a fact that the bail amount, the dollar amount, no matter who's giving the money, is not the driver to get these people back in the courts. It's their own personal wanting to come back to do what's right. Yes. So the way the bail project works is that you guys have all these donations. You give out $5,000, $1,000, whatever it is. It sits out there for the one, two, three, four months until this person needs to come back to court. Once they come back to court, you guys get the money back. Yes. And then you get to help somebody else. Yes. So that money can be used two, three, four times a year. Yes. The same money. The same money keeps working. So if somebody has money, extra money out there and they want to help, they should go to the Bell Project and donate. Absolutely. We have received about $16 million in the last month or two um, from over 200,000 people. Wow. And... That money is going to help us out big time and for a long time. That's amazing. So let's talk about, I mean, what an interesting job. They call you guys um, bail disruptors. What does that mean? We are disrupting and hoping to completely dismantle the injustice of the cash bail system. We essentially want to put ourselves out of a job. And then cash bail. And that's happening around the country. Mm -hmm. There are Mm -hmm. certain cities where the judges are not setting bail unless the person is, you know, really uh, shouldn't be out on the streets. Mm -hmm. Which I never understood that, you you know, if the person's violent or shouldn't be on the streets, why should they get any bail? So if they have a hundred, so you said a hundred thousand dollar bail. Well, so if that person has a rich uncle and they get out at $100,000, aren't they still just as dangerous as the guy that they set a $1,000 bail for? I don't get that. It's about the money. It's about the money. Mm-hmm. So the rich people are getting out, poor people are staying in jail, even if they're not at risk, mm-hmm. even if they are they should be out. The people mm-hmm. are, the, the judges um, are using bail wrong. Yeah, and then this just continues the cycle of poverty. It fuels into that as well. Mm-hmm. So Megan, why did you? why are you doing what you're doing? I am doing what I'm doing. Um, I've had loved ones incarcerated, and that leads to my passion for this job. Um, I also just want to emphasize this doesn't, doesn't just affect the person incarcerated. It affects family members. It f- affects the community. affects all that. So it's, you know, it's really important to me to get these people home because I see, like, people I know, the stories I've seen growing up, um, and I know I'm not alone in this either. I know there's tons of people that have, have similar stories. And you're doing this until you're out of a job and then you're go, gonna go on to something else. Yep, that's Wh- the Which plan. is, it's, a, it's an amazing um, thing. Asia Johnson, your same question to you. Why are you doing what you're doing? A few years ago, I was reading a magazine and it had two life-changing articles in it. And one was about Khalif Browder. And Khalif Browder was a young man in New York um, he was he was a juvenile. He was under eighteen, and he was uh, accused of stealing a book bag, and he had a couple hundred dollars bond. He didn't have it. His family didn't have it. He got transferred to Rikers Island, where he was assaulted and abused and treated very poorly. 
um, eventually he was released having not been convicted of anything. And he had a lot of support from people like Jay-Z, Rosie O'Donnell. He had, he had a lot of people behind him, but that trauma that he experienced while inside just haunted him. And he ended up committing suicide. Oh. And that story stuck with me for a very long time. And I would talk about it. And one day my best friend Tara said, you know, that story you told me about, she was like, there's a, there's a job opening for an organization called the bail project and they pay bail. And I would talk about Khalif Browder because mental health issues are another passion of mine. And so knowing the, the trauma that people experience while they're in jail, even just for a night, um, I wanted to end that. And when I saw the job posting for the Bell Project, I said, I have to do this. This is this is going to end mass incarceration if we can stop it pre-trial. And so that's why I do what I do. Wow. And you realize you're trying to get your put yourself out of a job, too. Yes. And that's and you're good with that. I, I am definitely OK with that. It's such an interesting model. Um, so. Are you finding that. Detroiters are able to find you, know about you. Are you having an identification uh, crisis? Um, what can you know? What do people need to know? How do they find you? Um, because you know, when you Google bail, you guys don't come up first, and there's a lot of people charging to give bail. So I guess that's probably a better question. So you see all these bail bond agencies; they're they're not nonprofit like you are. So how does that work? How does that system work? Do you know? So we, bail bonds agents are very predatorial. They, they, they prey on the poor. And a lot of people who call us will say, they make the mistake of thinking that we operate like a bail bonds agent. So they say, say the bond was set at $10,000 and they, you can pay 10%, which is $1,000. But if you pay the $100 to pay the bail bonds agent, then you can, that person can come home, but we don't work like that. And so having to explain how we work is something that we have to do daily. And the, the way that bail bonds agents work is that they can take everything from you. If you put up your house and that person doesn't return to court and that money is never returned to the, to the client. Whereas with us, they pay no money to us and we get that money back. And so the fact that bail bonds agents are like they they have the money to pay for advertising, commercials, billboards, um, spots on Google. And we don't we don't work like that. And I wish that we I do wish that we had the resources to advertise like that. But we just don't. And something I was going to say, too, is bail bondsmen are all around the jail. So, you know, and the court. So as soon as you go to the court, you get your bail, you come out and you see the bail bondsmen. Like the family's like, OK, that's where we're going. One stop shop. Um, so, yeah, I would definitely wish we had more money to put us on billboards or even like have signs around the jails and courts to know that we're here. Absolutely. And I remember having a conversation with um, one of the officers in the jail who told me that bail bonds agents have signage inside of the jails where potential clients can see that, and we don't have that. Well, we're gonna have to fix that. I'm gonna help you guys uh, get the word out. We're gonna get you some great social media channels up, maybe even a billboard or two. We gotta get the word out because not only are you gonna end bail, you should end the bail bond agency business. And uh, Absolutely. I don't know why anybody would call a bail bond agency uh, for a 
for something under $5,000 and not just call you guys because you have money. You have money sitting in the bank. If anybody's watching this, you should be calling the Bail Project. Absolutely. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking at some of these statistics. You know, taxpayers are spending an estimated $14 billion a year annually, right? A year mm-hmm. to house people before trial. These are innocent people mm-hmm. for no reason, just mm-hmm. because they can't afford bail. And mm-hmm. just imagine if that was just even 50% less, where that I mean, money could go. I, I mean, I, I, it's, it's mind-blowing. Mind-blowing, yeah. Like, I, I don't, I, these are innocent people. Yep, yep. And And the judges say, you can go home. You just got to give me 500 bucks or a thousand bucks or 2000. And it is and that's why, I mean, in, in the statistics show that black and brown people account for uh, more than 50% of the pretrial population nationwide and up to 90% in some jurisdictions. And there again is the, is the, is the money uh, differential. Rich people are getting out, poor people are staying in. And, you know, imagine, you know, one of the guests we've had on the story that, that, you know, I think we can all imagine and put ourselves in the shoes is if you're sitting in a jail cell, one of the most probably, and I've visited clients in jail, but in a, a very disgusting environment, sticky floors, no privacy. I mean, go on and on for the horror show. And a prosecutor comes to you and says, you want to go home? Uh, yeah, I want to go home. Well, just plead guilty to a lesser crime and we'll get you out of here tonight. That's why 92% of people are pleading guilty to crimes they did, didn't commit, doesn't matter at that point. They're just wanting to get the hell out of there. And only 50% are pleading guilty eventually, which shows that for at least 42% are just pleading guilty to get the hell out of jail. Right. And I wonder what those numbers look like now during the pandemic. You want to get out of jail because yeah. yeah. there is no such thing as social distancing in jail. And so you're willing to do, say anything. Say anything. But so you, that. you guys think that the, the jails, though, have done a decent job, you told me, of, of you know, the jails are, I don't say on the empty side right now, but there's not a lot of people sitting in jail right now with a reasonable bail that are just sitting there. Right. They they have done administrative releases, not as quickly, as thoroughly, and as in, in mass like we'd like to see, but they are working towards... Um, decarceration during the pandemic. I think it's just the conditions of the jail is also what we're mainly concerned about. Absolutely. Yeah, they have done a good job of doing some public um, administrative releases. But I mean, like you said too, the conditions are just bad. And if you have underlying underlying conditions and then you get COVID, like that's just a death sentence that you don't deserve, especially Absolutely. in jail, you know? And, you know, even I think in the beginning, initially they were trying to get people out but now it's like we've become accustomed to the pandemic. This is kind of the it's new like the normal. And they aren't rushing to let people out. Like we're still getting referrals for people who have a bond of $1,000. We're still getting people in Washtenaw County. I posted bail for a young man who was there for $200. And he was a juvenile. So you're keeping this young man in this dark, dirty jail during a pandemic for $250. I don't get it. I don't get it. So tell me, tell me, you know, tell me some impactful, each of you give me one impactful story of somebody you've helped, somebody who shouldn't have been there, somebody whose life you made a difference for, um, and it ended up having a, a, a good result 
by getting them out who wouldn't have had a good result if you weren't there? Yeah, actually, it was a few months ago I bailed out a young man. Um, we were, you know, in contact about reminders, transportation. And this week, I actually got a text from him saying that he got into community college. Um, he's going there in the fall. Um, and that was just so uplifting and hopeful. And I just was so also just happy he shared that information with me. Like, he just didn't see me as someone that was, you know, helping. I mean, I'm glad he called me for transportation and court. But just also to share that like celebration. Um, but that really stuck with me because you know, seniors in high school, like you're going on to the next chapter of your life and his chapter could have been put to an end real fast. And so for him just to get into college and that's what he wanted to do and to get into the program he wanted, it just, yeah, that was the highlight of my week. That's awesome. <laughs> and that's... we have a lot of stories like that too. Yeah. yeah. Do you have one that sticks out for you, Asia? I do. Last year, um, it was almost the end of the day, the work day. I was getting ready to leave and a woman, a young woman came in and she said, and usually people don't just pop up at the office. We get a call or we get an email. She actually came down to the Detroit Justice Center and said, I need your help. And I was tired. I was ready to go, but I could see the desperation in her eyes. And I said, tell me what, tell me what's going on. And she said that her fiance was incarcerated for um, on a thousand dollar bond and she gave me the circumstances. She told me what happened. And instead of waiting to do an interview with him, I interviewed her and he called her and I talked to him on the phone and I got him out that day in time for father's day for him to be home with his children. Um, the bail project actually had a father's day event that year, last year. So he was able to attend the event. Um, journalists came, they interviewed him and he just the, the look on his face, being with his children and knowing that had she not come and come to the office and we stepped in, he would still be sitting in jail and missing out on Father's Day, missing out on time with his children, not being able, he got a job shortly after he was bailed out, a, a great job. And just to think that a thousand dollars stood between him and his freedom, which to a lot of people, a thousand dollars is nothing. But most Americans don't have an extra $400 lying around for an unplanned emergency. So that is an economic hardship for sure. But I love bringing people home, especially when they have a baby on the way. We had a woman who was pregnant. We were able to bring her home so that she could have her baby safe and sound in the, in the hospital, not be in shackles, not have an officer standing in the hospital room while she gave birth. That Those are the stories that really stand out to me. You guys are doing good work. It's thebellproject.org. And that hopefully will lead to you guys, right? Yes. And, you know, we're, we're, we're going to get the word out. Anybody watching, listening, please share this episode. If you know any criminal defense attorneys, they should all know about this project. Um, they should have your phone numbers on speed dial because nobody should be sitting in jail. Freedom should be free. Absolutely. That's your logo. I like it. I think you have T-shirts that say that. We do. I want one. I'm going to buy one. <laughs> no, we're going to bring you one. Oh, no. I'm, buy, I'm buying one. We're going to bring you a T-shirt and a hoodie. I'm, oh, a hoodie. Yes. I like myself a good hoodie. <laughs> um, you ladies are lovely. And I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I can't be really proud of you, but I'm, I'm thrilled that there's people like you willing to do this type of work. It's, it's meaningful. I hope my daughters grow up to do this kind of stuff, this kind of social justice um, work, 
you're not doing it for the money. You're not doing it for a long for a long term job. You're not doing this for a great pension. You're doing it for the right reasons. You're doing it to help people, and that is that makes me happy uh, for our future. With all this crazy stuff going on these days, um, this is a bright light. This is an amazing organization. From everything I can tell, I, I highly recommend people go through your national website. At the end of the first page is a 13, 14-minute TED Talk from your founder, which I thought was very enlightening. Um, anybody who doesn't know anything about bail and how bad it is um, should definitely look into that. And I'm hoping that Detroit will be one of the fir- another city that puts you guys out of work. They you were going to come work for you. Uh, you know there what? You're both hired. <laughs> and that's on tape, I think. If Rocky hit yep. the uh, tape button, uh, you're both hired here. I'd be honored and privileged to have people like you work at the firm and helping my clients. So nice to meet you both. Thank yeah. you, Michael. Thank yeah, you thank for you. coming on. Stay in touch. Absolutely. I'm sure we will be talking again soon. Yeah. Sounds good. You never know who you're going to see. I'd be one guy one-on-one my whole career. It's timing. It's right for time. the clinching goal to bring the trophy back. What you're going to hear. you got a lot of desperate people in the city. They're desperate because they don't have opportunity. Or what they've got to say. When you can take people inside of a crime, show them things they wouldn't normally see. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. That's what you're going to hear on my podcast, Open Mic. Find it where you find your podcasts. Thank you for watching another episode of Open Mic. This time we were tackling the bail issues. Click on some of these boxes over my head to subscribe, to watch some more interesting videos and podcasts. Share this with your friends, subscribe, comment, and stay tuned for another episode of Open Mic. Thank you.